Welcome to the show, gang. I hope you're all doing great. I am so damn excited for today because I get to hang out with one of my brothers, Mr. Ephraim Schultz. And Ephraim, he's a dude. We did 32 shows basically back to back together, got to know each other really well and uh, always wanted to hook up again. But we had a couple of problems. I had a problem at the border. I couldn't get over at one point, uh, you know, in life and we're all busy. And, but, uh, you know, finally we get to sit down face to face and check in and uh, see what he's up to as well. He's, you know, singing with Death by Stereo, Voodoo Glow Skulls, Manic Hispanic. He's involved with the uh, podcast Into the Weeds. Check it out. It's really awesome. They had Tommy Chong on it. It was wicked. But yeah, so just uh, hang out with us. The auto's, uh, audio is a bit dodgy at times, but uh, you know what? The content's there and it's a good freaking time. So uh, don't forget to hit subscribe, slap that notification bell and all that. It really helps me grow the channel. And if you want to be a producer of the next episode, there's a virtual uh, tip jar in the um, below the video link. And uh, 25 cents or higher, anything anything dropped in there you become producer of the next show it's direct support that's a way you can help out if you uh have the means or want to and uh yeah let's just get it on i want to hang out with that from talk soon gang boom boom my brother can you hear me dude how are you i hear you beautiful dude what's up man how are you I'm doing all right, man. I mean, obviously, these days, everything's been pretty messed up. Damn, it's great to see your face. Dude, it's really good to see your face. I Seriously, I miss you, man. <laughs> so much. Yeah. So much. Where I, are you right now? I'm in my car driving, and I'm a, I was driving to a spot where I knew it would be all quiet, and I could just hang out with you. But you're in my car. <laughs> yeah. Right? You're in the little car. <laughs> I love it. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I fucking miss uh, you so much, man. It is so goddamn good to see you, brother. Fuck, it's been too long, eh? Way too long. I still dream about going to Jamaica one day and hanging out and writing some tunes with you, man. We're going to make that happen, you know? We got we one life to live. Exactly. As soon as, uh, as soon as the Rona stops eating us all up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I hear it's pretty bad out your way, isn't it? Dude, it's awful. Got all these people that think it's a hoax and don't believe in it. And you're like, the level of crazy out there. Oh, dude, the level of crazy here is pretty next level, dude. Like, I, I, I don't know how to describe these people. Like, they, they think they're fighting for their freedom or protesting something, and you're just like, dude, you've never had to fight for freedom in your life. You know what I mean? Like. You're not fighting for shit, you know. Like, dude, but they, they, it's, it's their right to not wear a mask and get other people sick or something. But I'm, uh, you know, I'm always covered up when I go outside and try to. Dude, we rock I got you, man. <laughs> and and, and uh, I'm just trying to respect others, dude, and take care of our fellow humans and treat everyone with love, man. And even those people that want to hurt us. I'm showing them love, too, because I don't want to get them sick. No? Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. You know, it, it's insane. I was just telling somebody the other day, you know, like, we all know there's so many fucked up people in this world, you know, that, you know, yeah. don't really care about freedom and don't really care about this thing, but are using all these things, you know, to, you yeah. know, to prove some random point or whatever. But the only positive thing I can actually see these days is that, at least they're not hiding anymore. I know where they are. <laughs> oh, dude, it's funny because 
really pay a ton of attention to my Facebook page. I, I'll post things on it, but I don't really go back and look at it. And I, I kind of fell out of it. I'm, a, I'm more of like an Instagram guy, but I'm even bad at Instagram. Like, dude, I don't always check my inbox. I'm terrible. But, I, I, dude, I had uh, – I posted something politically minded the other day. I don't even remember what post it was. And I was getting annihilated by, like, a few dudes. And I was like, wow, these guys are truly ignorant. But then tried to call me out. Well, you need to go through this and start deleting people and da-da-da-da-da. And for a minute, I was like, yeah, fuck all these people. I'm deleting them all on this. And then the bassist from, from Death by Stereo, Robbo, was like, nah, man. He's like, you got them right where you want them, just like you were saying. You know? And he's like, you know where they are. You know who they are now. And I was like, that's right. I need to keep an eye on the fools. I went through that the other day. I had posted some, you know, one of the million random bullshits that Trump says these days. And oh, you know, God, I hold yeah. back, I hold back. I kind of, I explode. I have to post something for my own well-being. And then somebody, you know, posted in a comment about how they're pro-Trump. is the best thing in the world and all this crazy. I let it go. I don't answer at all, right? But then, yeah, yeah. you know, somebody extreme on the other side even posts like, oh, my God, you have a bunch of Trump friends. I'm unfriending you. You know what I mean? I'm like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like dude like the internet isn't real life <laughs> right <laughs> it's not real life these people aren't my real friends just because facebook says they're my friend you know like well that's it and it, like i said like i was telling uh, my buddy it's like i really do want to hear what they have to say even if i can't understand it i do want to know they're there and i do want to know what they're thinking you know my cousin said an interesting thing to me we were talking about a friend of mine who I knew when I was a lot younger. And as we got older, his views became very different from mine. But I know that he's inherently not a bad person. And he cares about me. And, I mean, shit, I've seen this dude beat up Nazis at shows when I was young, you know? And he said some things that are so I just can't get with. And people change. It's cool. But... It's not cool when it gets to a certain extreme. And I was ready to just erase him from my life. And then my cousin goes, dude, you know what? You don't know what happened to him. What happened to him to make him this way? He's like, maybe you should try and be a closer friend and talk to him and show him some love. And maybe he can learn from that and grow and be part of the solution instead of pushing him Absolutely. away. Absolutely. And I do agree with that. My only problem is, do I have the energy and time to teach everybody? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's crazy, dude. And, then, and now there are some people I, I, I fully understand cannot be taught. And there is no sympathy in my heart for a Nazi at all. Nazis, you, in World War II, no one was friendly to the Nazis. That's not how we won. And you know what I mean? The whole world won by not being friendly to Nazis. The world won by stomping exactly. the fuck out. And Nazis deserve nothing less than to get stomped. But, you know, I, I, I do always try and approach things from a place of love and kindness because I think maybe a lot of people are like this because they've never known love or kindness in their life. And this is one of the reasons I absolutely love you, brother. Ah. It farted <laughs> out on you. <laughs> I said this is one of the reasons I absolutely love you. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that, you know, but, uh, yeah, I am, uh, you know, I'm just trying to like, the, like you and all our friends, we're just trying to navigate 
this insanity. And I was, you know, we, we all have dreamed of the day that there would be a social change and a revolution and a revolution of thinking and a revolution in the minds of the general public and, and it's happening, but none of us knew that it would happen during a global pandemic. Right. It's insane. Uh, you know, yeah. like, I, <laughs> exactly. But, and I've heard someone else say something. I'm, I may not be saying as it as uh, eloquently or with the same words, but someone saying, uh, you got to really look at how bad the situation is. If this many people are willing to risk their lives in a pandemic to go and protest. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, I, I got I can only speak for Canada, really. But I mean, one of the things is we, you know, I think the Canadian ego has even grown a bit too much because here we are thinking we're so nice and stuff. But I mean, it's coming out of the woodwork here, too. Right. You know, right. and it's not just in one area. You know, everybody's like, oh, West, maybe it's a little worse in here. No, 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 no. It's here. They found Nazi flags in people's fucking apartments here, right in Montreal, one of the biggest cities, you know, in North America. It's like, what the hell is going on, man? I thought that was all old news and it was done. Exactly. Hello? Sorry. Yeah, you're back. I tried to call me. Uh, 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 but, uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's never done. It's funny. Uh, out here, it's, you know, you always talk about there's, you know, there's the good side of town and the bad side of town. Out here, the bad side of town is where all the rich people live, dude. That's it, right? <laughs> yeah. They're Highland in the street, dude. You know what I mean? Like, and I've said it, like, dude. You know, they rushed to reopen things here, and people just got more sick. And uh, mm -hmm. there was a line around the Gucci store with people waiting to get in, and not wearing masks. So I was like, you know what? It's all those people getting everyone that's working sick. Well, you know what? Maybe this is a time where natural selection is just going to take its, you know, take its toll. I know. Natural selection. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, dude, I, I, it's bewildering. I don't totally know how to, to intake it all, but I've just been trying. You know, I've tried to raise my voice. Uh, it's hard for all of us to get out there and protest because for instance uh, you know I, I i i i've been holding it down with my mom and we have mm -hmm. to protect our mothers and our grandparents right now especially and i i can't risk getting her sick you know and i, I made it out Absolutely. to a march. i made it out to a march but man i had to skate on the other side of the street following the march you know what i'm saying and yeah me and you it's a time to sacrifice though you know, it really is like I haven't seen my daughter in three months. Oh man, because she's living with her eighty-five-year-old grandfather, right? And that's more important right now. Yes, we talk on the phone and stuff like that, but these are sacrifices that we're making right now. You know, and it's it is what it is. Are you managing to play any music through all this jazz at all? You know, we were trying to do some distanced stuff and make things happen, but we had to pull back from it because it just got so bad that like even people that are being good and distancing and not seeing anyone, it's just too risky. You know? Yeah, I, absolutely. I get it. Yeah. And, and, uh, I've definitely been writing, you know, and, and I have a lot of thoughts and I have a whole lot of songs to record, but you know, I'm waiting to go and to record that stuff. You know what I mean? And, 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 uh, but, uh, we did shoot a couple distanced 
death by stereo music videos for our new record. Like we just put Ooh. out a cartoon animated video because we were like, when this all went down, we're supposed to make a video. We can't all get together. So we made a cartoon. <laughs> I just saw it by the way, and it's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, man. And uh, yeah, man. Um, also, uh, we did shoot a video. I don't want to spill the beans. I'll tell you later. Uh, but uh, where we each were able to go into a room one at a time separately and film all our parts separately and then edit them all together. Yeah. Well, that's it. We have to get creative as fuck right now, you know? Oh, we most certainly do, dude. And, and uh, you know, I'm excited. We have this new record out. But, you know, as, as you guys, as us, we canceled all our shows. All the tours got canceled. And we... So, uh, you know, some stuff in Europe, in Canada, they're, they're trying to rebook. But we know with how bad our country is, is that Canada and Europe won't let us in. Isn't that fucked up? But it's so true. It's completely yeah. true. Dude, I was just saying how our... And it's so sad because I have so many fantastically great American friends in my life, you know? And I feel for them, but I feel for the whole world because, you know, it's... In today's day and age, I mean, every country has an impact on the other. You know what I mean? Like, we're, oh, yeah. we're worldly people. Absolutely. 100%. And, you know, it's weird not seeing your friends you see every year, you know? And, 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 and uh, even in your own country, you guys can't, we can't do the loop here. You can't do the loop there. You know what I mean? The circuit's gone, man. And, and even when things kind of return to a bit more of a normal place, dude, look unfortunately we know that a lot of venues aren't surviving this and uh where are we going to play so the one thing that i do have hope for is that people will rekindle the 90s diy spirit when all shows were in weird places you had to have a mm -hmm. show in the back room at an italian restaurant or you had to have the show in someone's basement you had to have this you know there, there just wasn't places to do shows as much as they were now and i think but we're weren't those shows so much fun they were the best and, and, and right, you know, and, and I think we're going to just have to get back to that. And I think that we're going to see the big, big bands. We're going to start getting to see in small rooms again, man. Hmm. I didn't think of that. That does make sense. So I, I also think that there's going to be a big push for outdoor shows. Oh yeah. Oh, most definitely. Which I love, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know area but you know we're they're saying april 21 that we can come to canada but we don't know if they'll let us in they're saying next summer we could go to europe 2021 but we don't know if they're gonna let us in dude you know so yeah it, it sucks so bad we just uh, we started booking a couple of shows in november i was talking with the guys that stomped the other day and they're saying we'll book that who knows it's gonna if it's gonna happen or not we we have no idea you know, it's really something. Then you impressed me, not only because of all the love I have for you, but how the hell do you do so much? I don't know how you manage your time, but man, I was thinking about it today before we talked. Not only are you singing for Voodoo Glow Skulls, not only are you singing for Death by Stereo, there's something still going on with Manic Hispanic. You have the podcast yeah. Into the Weeds going on. Yes, uh, dude. Yeah, Manic Hispanic is an an Orange County thing. It's been a long running band for long before me. Uh, 
they've been a band for 20, we've been a band for 20, 40 years or something like that now. And uh, I came into the band in 2008 and we never really toured, but it is this crazy California phenomenon to where the band toured before me, but not a lot. And uh, how would I describe it? To, uh, the records are out of print, so you can't even hear it, you know? But uh, we're trying to get them back and get them repressed. And we have a new album that got delayed because of COVID. But if Cheech and Chong were a punk band, that's Manic Hispanic, you know? And the Brown album, amazing. <laughs> totally. And, you know, and, and, and the Brown album. <laughs> and and uh, we, uh, we, we, it's just a joke. We have a lot of fun and we're still doing it. We just are waiting this out too. But uh, Manic is this weird Orange County phenomenon, man. Without any music available at all, dude, we would play a show and it's just slammed. And we're like, dude, like, what is going on? And we take old punk songs and we change all the lyrics into Mexican jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you know? So, Something like the offsprings keep them separated is get them immigrated. <laughs> you know what I mean? I almost spit out my fucking track. <laughs> or, or social distortions, mommy's little monster is mommy's little cholo. You know, and, and we write the songs from the perspective of a, you know, Mexican-American kid growing up in the Southern California punk rock scene, you know? And there's a lot of humor in that, you know? And, and uh, the new record... We we do, uh, we, you know, we're, uh, like we do uh, the Bouncing Souls True Believers, but it's called Mas Chingones, which means I'm a badass, you know, like total bad, bad motherfuckers, you know, we are the bad motherfuckers instead of true believers, you know, so like, Fuck you know, yeah. and, and it's a lot of fun. And, and the Into the Weeds podcast has kind of been put on hold for a long time now because of COVID and. And uh, uh, we 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 co- we kind of got defunded. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Boo! Because I loved it. Road. You had fucking Tommy Chong on there. Oh, dude, that was mind blowing. I have to give all hats off to Ben Rispin, the creator of the podcast, who made that happen. You know Ben. He plays in Rules. He was in the video Dead, Saint Alvia. He what an amazing human being. Period. And he's a big. Uh, big advocate for cannabis in, in Canada and has, he's really helped a lot of people and he and, and not and not just us dudes that just like to get high he's helped a lot of sick people get their medicine he's a great guy and Bubba's well, that's it, man. what's that I said that's it you know sometimes it's time for the medicine Ooh, I like your style and um so uh we do the podcast we had Tommy Chong on we've got, we've been so lucky that it kind of caught on and like got legs and all of a sudden like idea is killing it, you know? And uh, we did, uh, it was an audio podcast, but we always filmed everyone with GoPros or cameras just in case. And then yeah. High Times came along and picked up a few episodes, <laughs> videos on High Times. So I could, dude, like High Times? And dude, it, it's crazy. Yeah, I listened to a bunch. I saw the one with uh, Kenda and Chuck Coles on there as well. They're great. Kenda's the best. Chuck's the best. And I'm so lucky to be surrounded by so many beautiful Canadian friends, you know? And uh, Canada has always been just, God, one of my favorite places on the planet. I love coming to Canada. I feel so grateful for my time in Canada. And, but uh, uh, 
yeah, we've talked to so many interesting people and we really try and keep it broad and talk to all sides of the coin. Like we talk to Greg Hudson from Bad Religion and Circle Jerks who's sober. You know, we want the sober perspective. I want to know why cannabis is great, but I also want to know why it may not be great for someone else. It's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. And this is what Tommy Chong said. He said, this is the greatest thing about cannabis. The best thing about weed on earth is that you don't have to smoke it. That, that's well said. I never thought of it that way. But yeah, one thing I like about it also is, like, you know how you're saying it's different for different people? That is such a real thing. You know what I mean? Like, yes. the same herb will have a different effect on two different people. There's something magical there, you know? I, I got to tell you, it's so funny. Like, I would always laugh. Uh, one of my bandmates in Manic Hispanic, Gabby, who's, he passed, my, my dude. I love you, Gabby. Uh, he, uh, he never smoked weed. Right. And uh, uh, I remember him telling me because he was a sober guy, but I remember him telling me, he's all, yo, homie, back in the day, I did like the craziest drugs you could ever think of. The craziest shit, like the most fucked up shit on earth. He's all, but I smoked one joint and I fucking was terrified. So paranoid. I couldn't stop thinking. And I'm all, really? And, and, and it made me realize this is really different for everybody. You know, for me. Absolutely. Yeah, it helps me find answers. It helps calm my anxiety, you know. And 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 and, and dude, you know me. I'll go full time raging with it, and then sometimes I just want it all, you know. And yeah, I, I was explaining to somebody that I always smoke before I work out. Like I'll go jog or bike for an hour. I love that. It keeps me focused on what I'm doing, you know. Yes. And it's not the same for everybody. No, like. And also, I think it depends on where your headspace is at that moment or on that day. Like, I've, that's kind of funny. I, I've gotten real high and hit a trail and just gnarly hike. Ah! You know, and I was just like on it. I've gone on a jog like that. But then one day I remember uh, our drummer Mike hit me up. And he's like, hey, you want to go for a run with me? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I was all, hold on, man. I pulled out a big old bomber. Woo! And dude, about a half a mile in, he's looking back. Are you okay? <gasps> I should have got stoned. <laughs> it's just, it catches you on. You should have. <laughs> but, you know, oh, that's it, wild. it is a killer. And it's definitely truly helped me. You know, I've had uh, like stomach issues and stomach problems in my life. And like, dude, it honestly, I had doctors pushing pills down my throat. You know, I got on a natural diet. I started eating well. I started really focusing on myself and using the herbs. And I do no pills. You know, I got rid of all yeah. the meds they gave. You know? It's, it's wild. And I mean, like, I'm, there's also so much variety, too. Like, something might, you know, help you out physically or whatever, but another might have the complete opposite as well. That's, that's why it's such a large thing, you know what I mean? It's nuts. Once I remember you start back learning. Today, it was just weed, but now it's like, you know, you're like, oh man, I've got weed. It's just weed. But like now it's just like, exactly. you can do it and, and you can find what works for you. This, this helps mm -hmm. you sleep. This type doesn't. This strain works for that. And it's great. How incredible that we have this at our fingertips now. 
And don't you, you also got to love just the research process of finding out which one is good for you. It means you have to test all oh, mine, and that's fun too. I've done some deep research, as you have too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brother. <laughs> so what, what are you going to be recording with next? Do you, is it like Voodoo, or is it uh, with Death by Stereo? Do you have any, like, what's the next recording coming on? Well, the DBS record's done. It gets released August 7th. We were so lucky that we were able to get the order in right under that COVID line, and we got our vinyl. I know a lot of people didn't, unfortunately. Mm. So it comes out August 7th. We dropped our first single like a week ago with that cartoon. It's called California Addiction. And then, you know, it's basically about how I'm addicted to this horrible place. Like, you know, it's just the best place on earth but it is also the worst, you know, like I, I say, this is a place of filth. This is a place of greed, but it's the place I love and the place I need, you know, like, but you grew up, you grew up there though. Born like, you're, you're totally born and raised. Yeah. I've never even been to California in my life. Dude, and you were supposed to come. I know I wanted to see you so bad. And, uh, but, uh, <laughs> the American border, man, we had troubles. I know one day we're going to figure this out, dude. And, uh, but it's a beautiful place of love and kindness and diversity, you know? So it, it's, it's just balancing the good and the evil, man. And, and uh, we released our second single a few days ago called Free Gun With Purchase, which is kind of about the culture in this country. And, and I got the idea for the title because seeing news articles over time, there, in uh, different parts of the country, there was a car dealership, buy a truck, get a gun, get a bank account, get mm -hmm. a gun, you know? So you're just like, man, this is Hannity. So I was trying to touch on that. We have a third single coming. And uh, once so we're doing those three and the record comes out August 7th and then uh, Manic Hispanic has a done record. Uh, we're working on a video for that, but and for the single, and it'll be our first thing in many, 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 many years the band has done. And it'll also be my first album with the band. I'm really excited because I've been in with the band since 2008. And uh, I'm really excited about it. I can't believe it. Uh, and uh, it's so exciting for me. Because I did, I idolized these guys growing up. They were our band here. I, I was at the second Manic Hispanic show ever in the 90s. Like, I, I followed them. And the day that it, I was like, I, I, I what? They asked me, yeah, I couldn't believe they asked me to be in the band, you know? And uh, then, uh, uh, so we have that. I don't have a date for it yet. Hopefully, when the presses start working again, we can figure that out, you know? But uh, the songs are all done. And then Voodoo Glow Skulls, we've been working on... Uh, recordings for a long time now since we toured writing rewriting right. we know that we got to come correct on this dude you know and and voodoo has always come out so strong with those, those those classic records and i think we're finding a really unique sound and i'm not surprised different. at all because that whole tour like first of all for the people out there like i think we did like 32 shows basically back to back on Nuts! <laughs> and man, I mean, you get tight with people when you're, you know, day in, day out like that. And I, I love the sound with you singing. I got to straight up say it. And I know everybody in my band feels the same way. So cool. How did, dude, how did me and you make it? Dude, I, that first tour with me, I got to tell you, I was under a lot of pressure, not because of that. I had just come off of having these really serious stomach issues. And dude, I couldn't mm -hmm. drink couldn't go to the bar. I just kind of kept it quiet, you know, and uh, my stomach issues were causing all this 
like the most insane reflux I could ever experience, man. Sleepless nights and it was burning up my throat, dude. So I had like such a sore throat every night. And after some of the shows, I'd be like, Hey guys, you know, and I got through that and I'm normal now, but dude, that whole tour, I was like, Hey, that many shows in a row. Fuck. Did you keep your voice? B, I was like, I can't believe I kept mine. You know, like I could still do it. Oh, so. It was, just- and I remember because we we're talking about you were so excited to go in to get that surgery, right? I mean, you you needed oh, yeah. to do. Is that what I, I ended up being able to do? Everything natural, no surgery. Amazing. I got all the pills. I saw this amazing girl named Ivy. She's such a special person. She uh, is uh, the wife of my good friend Justin, and he said you need to talk to my wife. She's a naturalist. She can help you get through this. So. Uh, she when i got back from that tour dude i went on the gnarliest cleanse dude i spent like 60 days only eating raw food before four o'clock every day wow yeah raw fruits and vegetables yeah and seeds which knocks out a lot of stuff for me that's even crazier okay and like i uh I was only drinking like juices, uh, fruit, vegetables, smoothies, things like that. And, and, and if I ate something cooked, it could only be very limited, very specific types of ways of preparing a potato with nothing on it or like some white rice, nothing that could hurt my stomach. I was on this course of uh, probiotics. I was also taking this thing called mastic gum, which is a bacteria that comes from trees. And it, dude, it rebuilt my entire insides. And after that 60 days, I, my skin changed. I felt like a different human being and I proceeded with a pretty aggressive diet and I stayed on a pretty much half raw diet for a while. And uh, dude, wow. I, I, it was like a hard reset on my system. It reset my brain. It reset my heart. You know what I mean? Like in the way that like, I don't know, man, I, I, I was so stressed out and it, it put me in such a bad dark place and it made me depressed, you know, feeling sick. No matter what mm-hmm. I ate, I felt sick every day. And, uh, dude, I'm not like that anymore. I can't believe it. I'm so happy to hear that because, I, dude, I, I saw you suffering a few nights there. And, I mean, it showed on your face. You know, yes, you pulled through it and you attacked it. You know, like no one else knew it. But I could tell that, you know, it was hurting you there at that point. So I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you, man. I love you. Thank you for saying that, man. Because, <laughs> oh, man, I was just like, there's a lot of nights where I was like, dude, I just got in this band. I'm ruining my chance of being in one of my favorite bands ever. Like I was so nervous, dude. I did not want to let them down, dude. And like, I was like, I I gotta go twice as hard as anyone ever right now. You know what I mean? I I felt like I really had something to prove, you know? Well, you you did, you know that, right? (laughs) You did, man. (laughs) You fucking killed it. I really appreciate that, man. Honestly, I'm a giant voodoo fan and I grew up going to voodoo shows. And, dude, mm-hmm. uh, before Frank retired, dude, I am a giant Frank fan, you know? And, like, I love his lyrics. I love his voice. And he had so much power. And he's this big, strong dude. And I was like, dang. Like, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? So, I, and I admire him Your so balls, much. man. Your balls are big because it's hard. Like, I, I do understand exactly what you're getting on. You could say I'm confident in this world or whatever. That's one hell of a challenge. You know, and who else could they get that step up to the plate like you did? I mean – Good for them too, you know what I mean? <laughs> it really, man. Dang. <laughs> uh, 
you know, I'll never. Well, I, I can say that and know it though, because like after that tour, there's so many people that would have quit after halfway. You know what I mean? Like for sure. And I mean, an intense schedule like that, and driving through Rocky Mountains and snow on one end of the coast, and go just you know, not one day off with ten hour drives between. It was an intense one. And you know what? A lot of people don't realize what tough touring is till they drive across Canada. You guys are made of something different. You guys got a special grit and like, like the dirt under my fingernails is not as tough as the dirt under your fingernails. You know what I mean? Like, dude, you know those drives, dude. When you get, when, you, when you're trying to make it to, to like to Thunder Bay, you know what I mean? Like to get Thunder Bay to like Winnipeg, that stretch after Thunder Bay is treacherous, man. And oh yeah, man. And in the winter, oh. I remember sliding on a fucking uh, side of a mountain in BC once at, from a dead stop. Okay, but the the they closed down the road and everybody was just stuck on the road. And I felt we had a trailer behind it, right? We started pulling. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, we're done, you know. But luckily we got out of that one. But yeah, it's something. But I can't wait to drive down to California, man. I haven't fucking cracked that one yet. We almost did. We were at the border and ready to go. But damn, we need you. We need you, dude. Man, it, it's wild. But like, okay, I want to get back to the, to the beginning here for a minute. You know how I said, how do you manage your time? I mean, the projects you're doing are all, first of all, incredible. The three bands you're singing with, and hopefully the podcast will come back up as well. But I mean, just yeah. time management, man, that's something else. Man. I, don't, I don't know how we're doing it, dude. But, uh, uh, dude, I... Uh, I'm just, dude, I got to live really mercenary, man. You know what I mean? I'm just ready to go mm -hmm. at all, you know? But I do literally, like, the whole, as you know, uh, the whole rock and roll thing that, that everybody thinks you're living in every day, you know what I mean? Like, dude, mm -hmm. I was up at 6 this morning, man, jumping on the email. Well, that's it. You know? It's all about hard work, too, you know? I mean, you can have all the skill in the world, but, I mean, you have to be a trooper. And especially in these days of rock and roll, you know, it, it ain't what it used to be, you know, oh, and uh, just, just working, fuck. Man. It's hard. Honestly, sometimes you'll hear somebody say, like, oh, I can't believe, you know, that band's big. My band's so I'm like, You know what, man? He worked harder than you. He showed up. He answered his phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? He... The he rules. Tried, yes, I do. Right? And, and yeah, it is fun. Absolutely. We both have fun. And, and dude, there's definitely a place for the party and, and, and it's raging. But as we both know, the real party is that half hour you get to play on stage with your best friends and your, fa your family, dude. Fuck yeah, man. That's what makes the other 11 hours a day worth it, right? Exactly, dude. And like, you really have to focus and make your whole being and day be about that time. And mm -hmm. you have to do that when you're not on tour too. You know, and like you're saying, time management, you know, I just, dude, I have a long list in my notes, you know, what I'm doing on this day, what I'm doing on that day, this time, that time, you just have to be on top of it. The same way you'd have to be on top of it. If you were a businessman in a suit, working in an office, managing whatever they manage, you know, <laughs> like, dude, you... Uh, absolutely. Without, without the assistant. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's just, uh. It's just the will to, you know, and uh, the, the, the drive to want to do it, man. And, and, and it's, it's the only thing I love. 
you know it's all i want you know you you emanate music from your being dude and 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 dude we right and and that i live and Thanks, breathe brother. it dude you're the most musical life and uh it's just it's all i can think about it's all encompassing and if i'm not thinking about my music i'm obsessed over a song i heard well speaking of that what what really got you going at, at like when you started deciding okay i'm going to be a musician you know i want to do this this is what i'm going to do what inspired you well when i was young I just loved music, you know, and I loved records. I remember going to flea markets with my parents. My parents worked at flea markets, you know, and we'd go around and there would be like a guy with a box of records. Oh, these are a 50 cents or a buck. And I remember my mom would see me really interested. In what are these? Like looking at them, looking at my parents' records and like really like I would study as we did in our generation, study the jackets, look at the people, the characters behind them. They looked so uh, larger than life. They were like superheroes. And, uh, no matter what genre it was, it, it was just music. And then I started searching for records on my own. And the first record I bought on my own with my own money was out of, out of flea market, out of a little milk crate. And it was the beach boys live in London, 1969. And wow, I bought a colorful record cover and had these interesting looking guys on it. You know, and 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 uh, I brought it home and was like, "What?" Like I couldn't believe how it spoke to me. And then from the Beach Boys, you know, it went to Chuck Berry. Then from Chuck Berry, I learned about Johnny Cash from my dad. And then from Johnny Cash, it went on and on and on and on. And then you know, I started growing up through the '80s, like we all did, and and yeah. all this '80s music, and it was all just music to me. There was any like preconceived notions of what you're supposed to be into or what's cool. So dude, I literally heard rat and was like, Oh, this is rock me rock and roll. Cool. And then I heard Duran Duran and it was just as cool. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's funny because like, you know, because I play a lot of ska, you're playing some hardcore stuff, you know, yeah. sometimes people think that's what is your inspirational time. I'm like, no, I take from as much from iron maiden as Toots in the Maid to all, you know what I mean? Exactly. Soak it all in. And ska was a big part of my life growing up, still is obviously, but like I've always been a huge ska head. So in the 80s, me and my older brother, what was, it was some kind of magazine I remember him buying at a shop and looking through it and there was a poster in it for the English beat. And yeah, man. I remember looking at Ranking Roger and the stripes on his head, he used to bleach in his hair. Remember he did that? He had the mm -hmm. black hair stripes and thinking that he was like the coolest human being I'd ever seen. Well, it got me because, you know, like I figured these people, like, yeah, you know, I was a little, you know, nervous when I, because I grew up on a farm, right? So coming to a big city was a big deal for me. So, right. but then I see these people, I'm like, that guy has balls, man, doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks or anything. He ain't just trying to be cool. He's also saying, I don't give a fuck at the same time. Yeah. You know, and that's what I got from that. Exactly. And, and, and uh, you, you spent a lot of time growing up in Jamaica too, right? On the farm there? Well, I didn't grow up there. I had a lot of uh, people that were from Jamaica around me. And then we have a spot there that uh, we go down to all the time that uh, my parents rent out the cabins there on a beach. Uh, I've always been obsessed with Jamaican music and culture. And uh, 
I've been fortunate enough to meet some great people from there to talk to you about so much, but you told, taught me a lot of stuff about Jamaica when we would talk and uh, I, I, I've always been really into it. And the one parallel thing that is interesting, cause I've talked to people from Jamaica, they're like, Oh man, Jamaica's just like Mexico, man. Your parents are just the same as our parents. It's farm life, dude. It's, 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 it's living off the earth, living from the land. Absolutely. Well, see, that's the thing, because like in a place like Jamaica, I mean, you have the one highway going around the thing. That's where, you know, the coastline. But then as soon as you get past that there, it's country living. I mean, it really is country living. It, which is interesting because there's always been a, a correlation between reggae music and country, which I think is, you notice that? It, it's mm -hmm. amazing. Absolutely. Similar things, you know. <laughs> There's been some great Jamaican country covers, you know. So, but uh, <laughs> dude, what, did you ever hear that one where it was Willie Nelson and Toots together? Yes. They did that song still, uh, fucking amazing. When you say that, we listened to that in the RV almost that whole tour. Uh huh. I loved it. Even the production on that was amazing too. By the way, totally <laughs> amazing. And and uh, but yeah, I, I uh, Raking Roger, Jay Wakeling, left. You know, and then they morphed into general public and all the offshoots and all, and through general public, through all of that, dude, I, I was just always so blown away by them. And uh, that was a big part of like me learning about music. And then I got introduced by punk to punk. Uh, I'll never forget. I was sitting on the ground on my skateboard with another little kid in front of our elementary school, like after school or something. And this older, like punker kid, came skating up and he looked all cool, you know? And I remember, wow, yeah. you know, the one day, <laughs> the punk, you know, 80s. And, and I remember him saying, oh, have you ever heard the toy dolls? And I was like, what is that? You know, I didn't know what that meant. And played yeah, it on his little- like, turn me on, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and he played it on the little boom box. And I remember being like, what, what is this? This doesn't sound like the Michael Jackson record I have. This doesn't sound like the Beach Boys. This doesn't sound like Chuck Berry. You know, I it's couldn't stop. Awesome. Yeah, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And then I started trying to figure out what punk was. And then I started seeing my first punkers. I remember uh, go, going to the flea market with my parents when they worked there and seeing a guy with a mohawk and like staring at him and being so blown away. And then the whole Mr. T thing, I interpreted right, Mr. Right, T. Right. I didn't know. I thought he was a punker. Yeah, you know what? Come to think, but I never once thought about him in my life. But hey, Mr. T, you're punk as fuck, yo. <laughs> he really is. And I remember he had a mohawk, and I'll never forget <laughs> telling my mom, like, I want a mohawk. I want a mohawk. And when I was really little, and, and, and her being like, what? You know, and, and uh, not understanding. And my mom's told me that you love this. My mom told me this, that when I was little, they asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, I looked at her and I said, I want to be Mr. T when I grow up. <laughs> That's wild, man. I still do. And, well, see, because uh, we, we were born close to age. I remember when Mr. T was like the thing, right? You know, he had his like, cartoons and everything. He was the man. And everybody had his posters that have that, like, you know, a girl in a bikini on one side of the room and Mr. T on the other side yes, of the room. Thank you. I had a Mr. T poster. I can remember it vividly. It was in front of a brick wall like this. And Mr. T spray paint on the wall. And he, he I remember wearing... it. I know the image you're talking about. <laughs> yes, dude. Oh, I, love I had that poster. I still have a Mr. T puzzle put together in a frame. 
All right, on. But so my fascination came from there, and then I got into uh, junior high, or do they call it middle school in Canada or whatever? And yeah. uh, I it's different, you know. But I got into junior high, and this kid came to school, and he had a black flag, blank tape, with black flag on it, and I was like, I've seen that. I've seen that symbol in a, in Thrasher magazine, and I was super into skating, yeah. and I'm like, I've seen that. What does that mean? And and he played it for and me. It's, it's kind of scary, right? And you're like, ooh, what oh, is this? You know, <laughs> all the dudes that had that symbol on their shirts or skateboards were scary fucking dudes, man. They meant business, you know. And <laughs> yeah, I remember, I had these skateboard wheels. I think they were were they rap bones wheels? They're old bones wheels from the '80s, you know. And I remember telling him, like, I'll give you these skateboard wheels if I can have that tape. And it was a shitty so trade. Did, because, did, did he go for the trade? Did he go for oh, it? Oh, yeah. They were fucking skateboard wheels, you know, the blank tape, you know. I, he's just like this fucking dum-dum, you know. And I, he was an older kid, so high school kid. So I traded him. But that tape was the best decision I could have ever made in my life. Black flag, dude. <laughs> Fuck you know? yeah. I remember when I got the, um, Dead Kennedy's Bedtime for Democracy. Dude. I, I still... I still have the vinyl upstairs here. I still have it. But I remember the artwork. You know, you just stare at the artwork forever. I find it sad that, you know, so many people are listening to music through Spotify and Apple Music. And so the whole art side of the music, I find, is disappearing. And that was a large thing. It wasn't just musicians and painters. They were artists, you know, and I miss that. I find it's kind of going away. It's, it, it is going away. And, and, and uh, but people like us, still love art and thrive off of it so we're still making mm -hmm. the art i know people don't intake as much of that as they used to but uh the art aspect i feel it has somewhat been lost but i guess it's all on t-shirts now well that's a good point that's a good way to see it because yeah. I, I always relate like music to like you think i had mentioned iron maiden before you know their album covers their artwork and all that then Iron Maiden was with, you know, that art, the Dead Kennedys, the same thing, or the Cramps as well, and all these bands. And I always related the art to the music. Dude, the Cramps got me through a lot of high school, dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah, brother. What's inside a girl? <laughs> it's so good. But, uh, dude, I'm glad you brought that time for democracy. Dude, I had that tape, and, dude, I wore that thing out. You remember taking the broken tape and taping it back together? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And they even sold those little packs with the little strips so you can tape it perfectly and stuff like that because that's how often they broke. Yeah, dude. And, and, and uh, uh, you know, you got good at taking them apart and all that. I actually was friends mm. with this kid, Raphael. He turned me on in middle school to, like, dude, he showed me the Smiths. He showed me the Cure. You know, he showed me a lot. Dude, uh, he was the first person to show me Manu Chao when he was still in Mano Negra singing in that part of his This kid turned me on to every cool thing from middle school all the way through high school, you know? But, dude, he showed me the grit. Wow, dude, talk about a scam. Talk this is the old way we used to illegally download music. So he would go to the record store, and he'd buy a tape, and he'd come home, and he would unscrew it and take the tape wheels out and put it in a blank tape case, put it back together and return it. He'd glue the plastic back on and go exchange it. This dude had- That's freaking brilliant. Oh yeah. He had the most giant catalog of albums 
and it was all the real tapes just in blank cases. And like, dude, we started doing that, dude. Like, oh yeah, or you could return it. This doesn't work. It's blank. You know, like, dude, like dude. <laughs> that's wild, man. Because like the amount of work, and even you know, just to think of that up too as well. But I mean, to sit there and undo every one. You know, oh. music is powerful. It'll make you do crazy shit. It'll make you do the great, most fucked up, gnarly shit, the most awesome shit, the most inspiring shit. You know what I mean? But like, dude, yeah. I mean, as you know, you had to go in the old days. You had to go to great lengths to find music, and and uh, as things like we all did, like studying record covers. Like, why did they think this group? It must be a good band if if Bad Religion likes it. Exactly. No, it's true. You always, you know, name your peers in it. Oh, yeah. But that's what made a scene as well, right? You know, that was the way to get a scene is by talking about the other bands. Because, you know, and, you know, what's cool, you know, somebody needs to be pointed in a direction. And, and you would go so as far as you could to that weird record store that was so far away and obscure to, like, they might have something you're looking for that you can't get anywhere else. You know, like, it was tough. Like, I remember there was a kid at our school. He was like this goth kid, Ryan. He was awesome, dude. And he had hair and he's really dark. And but he had a scooter. And like we were like, dude, because the record store was like, I don't know, like an hour away from us, you know? And and he was like, All right, we all save up our lunch money all week. All right, dude. If they have any buttons from this band, or if they have any tapes from this band, or if they have this kind of music, dude, is all I have, dude. Like, dude bring me back something everybody would give him money he'd ride a scooter <laughs> super far come back with stuff for everybody you know what i mean things like you, you know you had to you had to work hard to get cool music absolutely like you know being 15 years old and taking a parent's car and driving into the city without a license to go see his concerts and shit you know oh shit sorry mom <laughs> exactly dude that's amazing dude and that's what you did and, and I know kids are doing things in their own way now. And, ki and, and I will say this, dude. I throw a lot of DIY shows here. And I see a lot of young bands. And I, we're in good hands, man. The youth is doing really cool shit. They're doing rad shit. We just don't really know how to interpret it all. But in their, in their own way, they're living their own music struggle, man. You know, and, and, and they're doing it. I'm so happy to hear you say that. I mean, like our last album, we called it Stand With The Youth. But part of that is always knowing, like, as soon as you start, you know, or hear anybody around you start saying, oh, the new generation or, you know, this, that's when you're, you're starting to lose touch. You got to, you know, stay plugged in and fucking know what's coming up and know what the kids are thinking because they are the power of the future. Absolutely. And, and, and I have to stop myself, stop myself from sounding like the old man that's like, get off my lawn, you kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man totally now i'm like hey you want to fucking learn how to cook a steak properly come with me kid you know what i mean you got to pass things on too exactly and 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 they're like sponges they're like they're like us man we're no different and you know but there is kids doing i think about oh you know it wasn't it was crazy back then and blah 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 yo the world's way crazier now you know so these kids got something to say dude and absolutely and they're like they're so much faster i mean a good way to look at it is look at a movie from the 60s or 70s and the pace of it compared to something now i know that sounds funny but it's just because we're you know they're going fast man true and they're so much more advanced than us in every way whatsoever and like like dude they're so over the shit that we were into dude and i get it you know we were over what our parents like too but kids now are like 
favorite TV star. I don't even watch TV. Who's that? You know? Exactly. My, my daughter thinks I'm dumb as shit. You know what I mean? They're <laughs> into their, their favorite who, uh, TikTok star or YouTube user or whatever, you know? And that's great. You know, that's fine. They're doing shit way beyond us and they're taking it to the next level. I think it's only going to make music bigger and better. And music now has become such a more all-inclusive thing and so much greater and it's it's a great equalizer and it's bringing more love to everybody you know and you know okay when ipods were still a thing isn't that funny that ipods yeah, are already I, not i know i'm just thinking about how like that's not new anymore how did that happen yeah, exactly. but but as an example like uh dan the guitarist from death by stereo he back when the ipods hit and that was a big thing i remember him telling me like dude they're like, dude, the kids are rad right now. And I go, in what way? He goes, we used to search and search and search to find certain things. And we ended up kind of boxing ourselves into these only certain genres we'd listen to. Ska, punk, you know, new wave or what, you know, oh, fuck this, fuck that. He's all, dude, I went to this kid's house and little kids are going to every one of their friend's house and jumping their hard drive on their iPod. So he goes, I looked at this kid's iPod and he goes, I found Miley Cyrus and Lamb of God in the same iPod. And he's like, this kid's sure, all right. I mean, access. But, like, not even just in music, though. They have so much access. These days, I think there's going to be a big switch to uh, in uh, teaching because kids don't have to remember shit anymore. It's more important to know how to find shit. 100%, dude. 100. How to wade through it and find what you're looking for. And that's what these kids are good at because I'll look at something and it's an ocean of madness. And I'm like, dude, I can't figure this out. And some other kids going, oh, I just found the coolest, coolest punk band ever. Or whatever, you know. <laughs> so it, we, I think we just need to open our hearts, open our ears, and listen to the youth, man, like you were saying, because they are who's going to take us into the future. And they already are in the future. They already took it there. We're catching up with them, you know. But, dude, it's truly inspiring. And what some kids are doing with music, it's – like, dude, there's already kind of like a movement of bands where I've noticed seeing these DIY, some DIY touring bands where they're like, oh, Instagram, we're not even on Instagram. We're not even on the fucking internet anymore. I'm all, you've gone completely opposite. It's come full, like, like fuck the internet bands. And you're like, wait, what? You know, but they have this underground following, you know? Well, you know how you're saying before, we'd always, you know, get into one genre and stuff. And I guess if you want to lock down a tight scene and make it cool, maybe that is the way. It's off the internet. And then you're cool as fuck just to be allowed into that bubble. It's kind of rad, dude. I like that. And, and, but there is something to be said. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, you know, there is something to be said for our generation, though, because I do feel this. I do feel like, let's say on the off chance, this uh, asteroid hits a satellite and the internet flips for two months, people are going to fall to their knees ah! and we're going to be out there handing out flyers. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, and it's funny you say an asteroid going to hit them. I think it's going to be more of a case of somebody has the switch and says, oh, if I turn this off, how much are you going to give me to turn it all back on again? Oh, yeah, dude. That's for real, dude. 
I, that's real power. Who has that switch? <laughs> Somebody's got it too. Somebody <laughs> has that fucking switch and is just like, oh, I can't wait to pull this thing. I'm going to get rich. But, you know, I, at the end of the day, though, I think the kids are all right. We're in good hands on every level whatsoever. Dude, the way kids play guitar, the learning curve has been shattered. The way they write songs, the way they skateboard, the way they do, do everything, that learning curve has been shattered, dude. And, and it's, it's kind of rad, dude. It, it's, it's, it is inspiring. It makes me want to keep pushing and explore, find new voices, and you know? My brother, that is absolutely beautiful. And on that note, we're going to leave it to the kids and hopefully they'll figure out a way to get us out of this whole mess that we're in. So we're counting on you out there, all right, guys? Because, uh, you know, you got the flame. Yeah, dude. You got the flame, dude. Yeah, man. You too, my man. Ephraim, I can't tell you how great it was to spend some time with your face today. Fucking great seeing you, brother. In the, in the Toyota, yes. <laughs> My, before we go, my lady Christina said, Christina said, I want to, I want to meet Ephraim so bad and I want to come down to California to do it. I said, baby, as soon as they open the gates, we'll figure out how to do that. Please. And, and I can't wait to introduce you to my girlfriend, Shannon. Yeah, man. Dude, and uh, we'll all hang out. I'm going to go hit this abandoned parking lot over here where there's no other people around so I can skate a little bit and try and blow off some steam. And uh, don't ever change, my brother. Don't ever change. And thanks so much for uh, you know, putting away a little time. So much, From the bottom of my heart, you know I love you, dude. And when this is over, and you dude, know I love you. Fuck yes, brother. Send, hey, send my love to the 45s. Absolutely. And I, you know what? I don't have to ask them, but they all send their love as well, my man. I'll talk to you real soon, bro. Peace out. I love you, dude. Love you. Oh, 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 oh. Kim and don't Kim know she is.